0: Phantom House,
1: it's the place for podcasts.
2: Welcome to the living room. Please make yourself at home. This week I spoke with Bear Gatsby, which you may or may not know is the band our boys Jeremy and Matt are a part of together. In this one we talk a bit more about the nitty gritty of the decisions behind making songs, especially from the perspective of those who record, but also we talk about forgiving yourself and making art in spite of anxiety. I hope you indulge us as we gear up for our 50th episode extravaganza guys. I just bought party decorations today, I came straight from the store to be here to record this for you. And hope you all come to our party. You can find Bear Gatsby's music online at beargatsby.bandcamp.com. I hope you like this one, friends. Let's go.
0: Start with not that one.
1: Always? Not that one?
0: Okay. Oh, maybe we should. Let's just fucking
1: do it. I mean, That's the one we were just practicing, yeah. <sighs> we you know can do true. always clues. You, you so. got this. No,
3: I, let's do Gomeno's That's a fun... Uh, you get the party oh. started.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get the party started.
0: You never told me oh, your age You're asking me if I ever save your page You're thinking that it doesn't matter even that much I'm cutting it close with every retire With every I feel I should die. I feel I should die. I
3: feel I should
0: die. In all those times you led me by, you're I thought you were mine. Those lines to your goodbye.
2: This is your life. For oh, this is your
1: life.
0: For oh, this is your life. For oh, this is your life. You never. I should die. I feel I should die. I feel I should die. So yeah, we can start.
2: You're satisfied?
0: I'm, I'm happy. Let's do this. <laughs> we is that, are is that
2: the first song? That is the first. Okay. Then uh, can you guys introduce yourselves in the band and what you play? Please. What did you say? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll do a great start. Get this
2: earful, I got on my head. Okay, now I can hear you. <laughs> can you introduce yourselves in the band and what you play?
1: Oh, I'm Cody and I play bass and sing backup vocals.
3: I'm Matt. I play drums and sing backup vocals.
0: And I'm Jeremy, and I do lead and vocals and keyboard.
2: Great. Um, I'm wondering when you guys all met each other, actually, like how did, and how did this band came I, to I be? I met
0: Cody Wilson in eighth grade. Eighth grade. And uh. then we didn't play music together till ninth grade or tenth grade, but we did that always. We, we played around on things from the get-go, but not much until... He learned guitar in high school. And then me and Matt le- met each other five years ago.
3: Oh, man, that's a love story for the ages.
0: We just no. met each other at CK's through mutual people. I don't, I don't
3: think we ever met. I don't think we yeah, met. We I no. saw you
0: at CK's the first time I met you. Really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. You were like. <laughs> yeah. That's, you, you, I was wearing. We've literally sh- told this story before. <laughs> I was wearing a shirt that said, come on, feel the Illinois. Yeah. And I was like Sufjan, Sufjan shirt. Yeah. And he was like that shirt and i was like why is this intimidating man complimenting me <laughs> um, and now not. i live in his house sorry <laughs> right. there's like some stuff in between then um i didn't really jeremy and I just kind of like floated from party to party together like there was a group of people that all sort of met at that cafe and then like that cafe would close and we would all need to go do something so we all just like hung out and um I was living with my dad, but he was gone a lot of the time. And so we would just, like, hang out at my house a lot. And, like, even when he was there, he wouldn't really care. It was fine. But um, Jeremy and I just one night, like, made some half joke about, like, oh, <laughs> closet <laughs> recording artist, right? And then we just, like, locked eyes and sort of had an intense moment and, like, spent the next hour just, like, showing each other our things on our laptops. And then... um.
0: Yeah, it was pretty clear we were both, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. doing the same thing at different timeline moments.
3: I was like, oh,
0: sick, we should do this together. together. But it was very difficult because we're not exactly the most, uh, the same in any of those, like, artistically or maybe even, like, work-wise, or, you know. So it's not like we create things simultaneously together. He's got his solo work, I have mine. We just had the common bedroom recording passion.
2: And it's also easier to record anything with another person. Oh for sure. Yeah. <laughs> true.
0: Having someone to press buttons is quintessential.
2: Yeah. And what was the what was the cafe that you guys Sea case in
0: Claremont. Yeah. It's like behind heroes. Is that tea
3: house. If you've ever had tea in downtown Claremont where like it was a flower that bloomed in the cup, then it
0: was oh. at that place.
2: I haven't, but I know oh. what you're talking I know the tea well, you're I talking about. It. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a it's a thing.
2: And so then they had shows for like Five years ago, and that's where no. They in? never had shows.
0: Oh. No, we would just, just go to hang out.
2: You were just hanging out at yeah. the cafe.
3: This, this cafe. was before we even found like a DIY scene, like VLHS oh. and all that stuff. We just were lost. This and, is like the old, that was yeah. a place where people went when they were lost. Yeah. Wow. Because sort of like, I was like there
0: since I was fifteen, just like talking to old people and wh- whoever hung hang out and like coffee shop ripfaff. Because like at Starbucks, you don't get to meet the people. You all just like write your screenplays, and stare at each other. But <laughs> it's in, a corporate conversation. Yeah, in CKs, like, <laughs> people will like invade your conversation in a nice way, you know, unless you're trying to be alone. Then,
2: yeah, it's, then nothing is then nice. Not nice. <laughs>
0: Most people are pretty perceptive of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they'll step <laughs> off. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry, I'll let you get back to your thing. But yeah, people try to be interactive, hmm. which is pleasant and educational and socializing.
2: Yeah, and but that's how you ended up, uh, I guess...
0: That's also how I met like you know friends like Nina yeah. like mm-hmm. when she was young. It's because that coffee shop like has people show up there for hours mm. when they're dreading life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then that, so that became the Palisades. But then what? How did this band become a thing? And um, I assume it's a natural extension of that. But like when uh, a little this? bit, it's
0: before that. I was in music college, and I've been always working on the the genius band idea. What are you gonna create? Not that's genius. I just mean an idea that I cared about. And um, and me and Cody Wilson were in a couple of bands in Hollywood together while I was in college, and he played guitar or bass and guitar. I
1: played guitar in that band.
0: And um, that was a good band. This was, you know, we, <laughs> me me and him have already played for years and years and years together, so that's not like crazy territory for us. And then I had a our, the singer I was engaged to and we had a falling out. So we, um, you know, I, I like left that relationship and came back to Upland. And in Upland, I re, like took some time to try and understand what I wanted to do. And um, yeah, it just took a couple of years. I like, you know, the first album has some of that weird. There's some quirky songs on there and weirdness. And a lot of that is like me trying to formulate some things. 'Cause it's like the the songs that were written have been written since I was a teenager, but you know, as far as like their, this incantation of them or whatever is
1: the, I mean the first album re- is all Jeremy. Yeah, too. The, first, the first, album, first album Jeremy recorded the drums and all the parts and everything. And then he performed cool. that on New Year's and Matt sat in and played with him yeah. just piano and drums. Uh, Which and I then that what next what month Jeremy yeah. was like, So you're gonna play bass? And I was like, Okay <laughs> And that's basically the core of the band and we played as a three piece for two years or so, and now we're flushing out guitar players slowly. Well, doing we, the rounds. Yeah, well, I'm just
0: adding as many current, yeah. as many multi-instruments. Just building our roster. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I don't really. I've never been really. I'm really interested in the band being able to perform in any capacity. Modular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but and like whatever that might be. So yeah, and like to, sometimes we we'll around. have everyone, and sometimes we'll have just the three of us, and I'm sure one night yeah. in the future it'll just be the one of me, you know?
2: Yeah, it's so. one of those things where, like, the, the band can play with, like, whoever shows up.
0: Yeah, or at least that's why, I, I mean, you know, that's one thing that the DIY punk scene taught me very well the last two years is mm. be, uh, what's that
2: called? Flexible?
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm like, it's, like, easy going, but it's worse, no. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, you know, and trying to embrace flexibility and understand how that can help facilitate me rather than make me get hung up on stuff, you know?
2: Well, there's also, like, types of bands that can play with, like, whoever shows up, like, on the type, like, just via, like, the type of music they make. For sure. Like, I would say anything that's going for a more indie quote, in quotes (laughs) if there's any sort of like
0: singer songwriter construction behind it if there's a a song song there Mm -hmm. then you can pretty much perform by yourself i'm sure all the punk songs you can perform by yourself it's just not necessarily as invigorating with like the drum set and the bass so so a lot of that energy is lost that can be vital to some performances
2: yeah um cody i was gonna ask you did You've, you've, so you've been playing music for a long time. I also.
1: started playing uh, a musical instrument at five years old. Uh-huh. My parents were like very pro music in, your, in all me and my siblings' education. So Cody's dad I writes did, really good songs. My dad's also a musician, yeah. And so I did that for a few years, and then I played like clarinet in elementary school band, and then kind of didn't play anything through junior high school, and then picked up the guitar in high school. And then found basically found that that was my instrument, and then I started picking up bass, and I found that was also my instrument, <laughs> and that's sort of that's sort of how I ended up here.
2: Have you like played in projects outside of like the people here before?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, me and Jeremy also play in a cover band that works a little bit called Hot Mess. Um, I've played in a few other original bands with jeremy without jeremy um none of which are currently bands mm-hmm. at the moment and then i also write my original stuff too and i have trying to work that up as well
2: okay i was and like for both of you do you think since you've been playing for so long with each other i'm assuming there's like this kind of natural rapport. back and
0: hmm? there's a rapport there's a
2: report yeah there's yeah. a natural back and forth between you two and i feel like it's definitely very possible that you have both influenced each other at a very core level of like what your taste is and what you're looking for yeah, and, definitely, and other people. Definitely musical
1: with. taste has changed because like of Jeremy. Like st- like I would have never liked Wolf Parade if it Ditto, wasn't for Jeremy. vice versa. He, I mean,
0: I didn't know anything about any musical education whatsoever. Like to the point that I would listen to instruments and be like, is that like a, a keyboard solo? He's like, no, that's a guitar.
1: I'm just like I can't. Or is that a trumpet? No, Jake, Jeremy, that's a saxophone. Yeah, like my ears
0: would not tell me the truth for a long time, and Cody uh, dealt with it for years.
2: <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what did you were just like i i just it's just more he's just 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 different exposure yeah yeah, think
0: and he has very accurate perception of the facts of music how it's created he's from a working fam like working musician concept family meanwhile my family is like not really constructive in anything other than just like being framed like oh eat the children and bible but, um, so I wasn't really, you know, there was like, uh, obviously music was a passion, but it's not like the family was there to educate on such a deep 24 seven level, you know, mm-hmm. like his family, like bust out record players and they like listened to classic rock a ton. And like, you know what I mean? Like the only reason I ever saw any musical documentaries as like, I'm like in ninth grade and they're just like, everyone's sitting down eating dinner and watching the talking heads, like documentary, <laughs> uh, live performance, you know? Yeah. Things like that. That's like. I don't know. And like, I never liked any of the classic rock. Never was it up my alley because it's all too like guitar focused. And I'm like, where's the keyboards? Where's the keyboard? And now I'm older and I understand where those bands are and stuff. But you know, when you like first meet a lot of genres, you're like looking for your instrument, your participation. And it's always so mixed in the background that I never Mm -hmm. felt like, I mean, other than like Elton John, but those types of (laughs) things are like so large that you cannot avoid hearing those things. Yeah. And the Beatles were all raised like in the light in my life, but you know, it's not like I knew every instrument that was being played. It's not like I was like, "Oh, that's a mellotron, not a, you know, violin or whatever's going on." And but in his family, it is like that, you know, like, "Oh, this thing's more like that." And, oh, that's a really cool part.
2: I can't imagine like having like growing up and having like dinner time discussions about like the art you make. You know, like that's yeah. that's a fascinating concept to me because I've I've. Since I don't have that experience where like my parents do what I do, it's just like, and like, how does that work? And like, what's the dynamic there? Like, do they comment on like what you're making? Do you allow for that to be a thing that happens? Or they're not
1: directly listening to like original stuff. That I mean, I've I mean, my dad's heard my original tunes because we've gigged together a little bit, and he's always been supportive. But it's never been like a nuts and bolts sort of analysis of anything original i've really worked More on like just compliments um but but it, there has been analysis of other people's music you know uh my both my brothers are musicians and they brought a lot of things into my household that i didn't get from my folks like mm-hmm. jazz and like ska and reggae and hip-hop and like genres that like now my dad and mom have warmed up to because of, you know. So there was always a big musical exchange in my family. Mm. I got music from my brothers, I got music from my parents. Hopefully I gave something back in that exchange a little bit. And I was the youngest, so I kind of was the repository for a lot of that yeah. exposure.
2: Huh. And I guess this is for all of you also. Like so what are the influences that you bring into this band? Like I know Jeremy you're going to say Elliot Smith. <laughs> but Elliot Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Like also beyond that because I know it's, it's there's like, more it's, to that this, this it, sound than
0: that. Wolf Parade is a large port part. Part mm-hmm. when I was young, a large and I heard those like synthesizers being used that way, and also being slightly avant garde and experimental. I felt like these are my peeps because when you hear that, it's like yeah, it's like Modest Mouse inspired, but then it's like oh, turns out of course Modest Mouse to the guy that signed them because he was in a bar and he heard them. He's like oh. That's cool because that's, and it's very reminiscent vocally of him. But other than that, it's like, there's so much there that I, uh, legitimate, like I said, I'm looking for my instrument, you know? And when you give me like a band with like three keyboards going at once or something, and it's all riff melody based and cycles and building energy is like, I found my thing, you know? (laughs) But other than that, the, the third thing is Sufjan Stevens. Is like which is not really related to synth or anything of that construction. but
2: Then what is it? Is it like, what are you saying? Or
0: Sufjan Stevens, it's because I have like a giant folk thing inside of me. Okay. The first album is super like acoustic Jeremy because I'm just trying to understand songwriting and I can't really exercise the quality of songwriting I want to do at the beginning of Bear Gatsby on a piano. I know I can do it with a guitar and construct these songs that are tighter than and more productive and then i can track over with some piano and stuff but just like performing the song itself on the piano was really difficult at first because basically like the tonality and and voicings and certain things that make it sound more like a rock song or a band song rather than a piano singer songwriter song yeah that's a lot of my concern
2: well that makes sense because like you're basically, like, learning how to construct a song a certain way based, based on the instrument you know how to play, Yeah, and different songs will come out of you because of, like, the limits of the instrument itself.
0: For sure. And so, the way it's set up yeah. and interacts with you sets you up to be more exposed to some... These things are easier rather than those things. Yeah, exactly. Things.
2: You'll, you'll do certain things rather than other things just For because sure. of, like, how
0: it is. Yeah, and, I mean, I was always, like, Elton John's cool and all, but... And I appreciated that as a kid, but... And I appreciated, like, um... Ben Fold's five, yeah. uh, but I never really carried on to care about his career other than that, you know, like first album as a kid. And um, the, uh, uh, like, I just can't do the Billy Joel thing. So like this indie rock piano moment that I also know I appreciate like keyboard parts and Beatles songs and yeah. stuff, but that's like, that's college when I'm still dealing with like grade school moments, you know, and it, like in education of singer songwriterness. It's just like really, uh, yeah, just really difficult to take hold of things. Because I'm also like, for a long time, giant like Bright Eyes fan as a sad teenager. Like, all of those folk songs just connect more to the Sufjan Stevens folk songs and generally like trying to make songs that I, which once again, it's like, oh, I need to just go play banjo. I don't know. But then I try to be constructive about my instrument and how to make those things work out.
2: So, was it like a desire to make? keys bigger but like not in an elton john way
0: um pretty much okay because i wanted to be in a band i wanted to make a band i didn't want to be
2: a piano guy yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. that freaks me out and that's why it's like it, i was only doing like monophonic like three voice synthesizer and really like bass things that a lot of people were turned off from in live performance situations. And then down the line, we met Panoramic. And then seeing Austin play piano in a punk band, but him embrace the piano tone. And his tone is specific to him and not what I personally, but inspired the thought that I was like, if I can get a piano sound that I do appreciate, Because at the time I'm also like playing out of shitty gear and trying to, you know, make ends meet or whatever. And it's like, if I can get the sound proper replicated live, then maybe you can embrace that songwriter, piano person of you into the band more. Rather than, because I was always just tracking backup tracks of piano in the albums, but live I would just focus on the synth parts because... I was just pushing energy, I guess. Mm. Didn't I was just trying to find the extent of what was supposed to happen.
2: I don't know. There's no supposed to though.
0: The song speaks louder to itself in some forms than others. You know, like if things are more poignant and and focused and constructive. And we're in creativeville, sure, but I think sometimes there is one over the other choices.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's whatever you want.
0: For sure, and really, yeah, (laughs) trying to get to where what you want is kind of the most difficult part because you're kind of... uh, Well,
2: you're battling against what previous expectations of all songs you've ever heard and then expectations of the scene you exist in and then trying to make something that you are happy with in, like, recognizing both of those other things, yeah, which can make something... If you sacrifice too much, you might make something that you think works but isn't necessarily, like... What you're aiming for in the first place, but
0: yeah, I mean, I yeah, all I knew is that being uncomfortable was good, mm-hmm. and I knew that I didn't want to be uncomfortable, but I knew all the places I needed to learn and yeah. develop because it was like difficult to perform for years. I think I, Cody Wilson knows this to a T. Jeremy eats has eaten a lot of shit live in his the beginning years. Like, remember that Trailer Park performance?
1: I don't think I think it, Jeremy does have pretty intense stage fright. From okay. To I'm, I'm glad that for that little bit of validation. That, valid. that, <laughs> that it's, it, it even catches me off guard because we've played so much together and that I'm still surprised how much it is. And I think it's just because he gives a shit that much. Mm. And that's sometimes a hard thing to swallow when you have to be the front person in a band. And that's maybe not naturally who you are all the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, there's, it's definitely a whole different thing to be like uh, the front of the band because it's like you have to have a persona or whatever and not every every person necessarily has that inside of them. But hmm.
0: yeah, it's definitely one of those moments that I, with like parents kind of being like, you know, like, like beautiful vocals, you're born with it or you're not, like a lot of those kind of mentalities in music that it's like the talent the, like God's gift, your blessings, you know, those <laughs> ideas were a big thing in my upbringing. So a lot of things in my life when I didn't have them, I thought I wasn't given them by God. And I thought that wasn't mine to have, basically. Mm. So singing was one of those things, like being a performer, performer, you know, like thinking like, well, can you do what Usher does? no. <laughs> No, you know, like ideas. didn't give it to you. (laughs) Yeah, so I just convinced of that as a child for a long time. And then, you know, when it came around to like having to perform, I knew that there's only one way. You know, it's like either give up making music or like grow and try and perform. Yeah. And be an artist on some level. I don't know what, but yeah.
2: And it's like, which one's more painful?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, 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 the idea of giving up is kind of pointless because it's like, well, you're not hung up on anything else, you know. Yeah. You're not going to just give up on what you're obsessive with, you know. Yeah. Life would be too easy if I could do that. <laughs> you know, I can't do that. So it's like, yeah, you're just going to have to be putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, eating shit live uh, quite a few times, and then maybe someday you're going to stop, you know, throwing up before shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the last year, I am much more confident in those things but still sometimes it's just like like something's going on and i'm like got a tick and like my throat starts closing up i'm all you know panic attacking and stuff and it's gross i don't like it and then but i learned uh like with hillary chilton the, like three years ago that band a band me and matt were in uh ah, i a good band i learned to like just take showers like you know I would know how long we have to drive to the venue and then it's like okay it's two hours before and I'm gonna pack up my gear and then okay I have to leave like in 20 minutes take a shower hot shower ignore existence you are in hot water huh. and then I would like leave and then get in my car and drive to the show and then feel much more
2: there's a ritual to it
0: yeah. And that was, yeah. And that was good. And, and then one day I realized I didn't do that. You know, I didn't realize it. I was like excited about the show. I just kind of showed up to the show mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Cool. So sometimes it happens. Sometimes it yeah. doesn't. I don't know.
2: Cody. What's up? <laughs> I mean, speaking all, to all that, but also like, is there like a level... I hate to, like, make this Jeremy-centric, but, like, is there, like, a level... It is Jeremy-centric,
1: though. It's his music. (laughs) Like, we signed on to play Jeremy's music. (laughs) Okay. And we do have an influence on the way the band sounds, but he pretty much does write the music.
2: Yes. But, so I want to ask you, like, what is, what's the sounds that you're, like, bringing to the table here? So, like, you have these bass parts you're writing.
3: Might I interject? Sure. Sure. Cody brings the funk.
2: I would agree. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. No, like that's definitely were, a when compliment. You were, when you were playing the bass before, I'm like, oh, this is like groovy. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you I have try a groovy, to groovy be... like way of going about it. Like, yeah. not, not all bass players do that. Yeah. So definitely,
1: I try to be groovy in all, most of my musical expression. That is definitely a big part of like what inspires me in music is is the music that black people wrote before white people stole it. Like That's, that's, that's most music. That's all the good shit. <laughs> the, the soul, yes. the funk, the R&B, the Motown. The, uh, the cover band me and Jeremy play in, I picked most of the songs for because I like the bass line and it's all funky, soul, R&B, mm-hmm. a lot of Stevie Wonder, stuff like that. Just stuff I enjoy playing bass on. So, it definitely comes through in most of my playing of most instruments. And I think that it adds, it matches well with Matt's very full style of drumming that is kind of funky, but it's also kind of like indie rock. And I think we find kind of a good space in between that that pushes Jeremy's music a little harder in a good way.
2: Is there like. I mean, you, met, you mentioned a couple of people already, but is there like any specific sort of uh, like sound or artist that you're like, oh, this is like what I want? Bear Bear Gatsby, did I like have this aspect to it.
3: Bootsy, N- not
1: not not in particular. No, I mean with Bear Gatsby, I try to be myself, mm-hmm. and that is influenced by, you know, uh, James Jameson and influenced by Flea, and influenced by you know uh Sting and Paul McCartney <laughs> you know it's all of it yeah and then hopefully what we put into the music sounds like me on you know some extent
2: yeah okay and then Matt I've I've asked you this hey. question yeah. like 3 times now cuz uh-huh. you're in like three so many bands He's <laughs> in like 12 bands <laughs> but I I want to actually frame this frame this to you is that Do you play differently? Do you play drums differently for different brands? Or is it always the same? No, no,
3: absolutely. I mean, I I will be the first to say that I don't have very much finesse in general. And so, like, it's hard for me to do dynamically different things. But I certainly do try. And, like, with Bear Gatsby, it is a lot more, like, play lighter, emphasize things more, do more delicate things, for lack of a better word. Yeah. and then like other bands that I play in, if it's like like last night I played with Model Talk and that's like a very loud punk band. So that's like hit things hard, play fast, and then fall over kind of thing. Um, I play drums with Clean Comfort right now. They're kind of like a... Like it started as like a bedroom sort of synth pop thing, and is now kind of evolving into like a more twinkly emo thing, which I think I might have brought a little bit incidentally, <laughs> Did not on I purpose. Yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, our friend Steven sent me his album with no drums on it, and he was just like, "Hey, record drums on this," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure." And um, and so now I'm just like playing drums with him, and uh, I I mean. I'm more a sad emo boy than I am like a synth pop, uh, play a 2-4 yeah. beat boy, you know? I don't know. But it, it, there definitely is a different thing. To sum it all up, I've been talking too long. There are different <laughs> styles for different bands. No.
0: too <laughs> <No, you're laughs> long, You're
2: good. You're good. No, it's all good. <laughs> and is it a challenge or is it something that you see like... I would assume you enjoy doing that sort of thing just because it forces you to, like, learn new things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. It's, like, that whole sort of Darwinian thing that was just being talked about. Like, you get put into situations whether or not you put yourself into them. And then, like, if it's bad, then you take that and learn from it. And if it's good, then you take that even more and learn from it and, like, do that again or don't do that again. And, like, doing different things over however long we've been doing different things, it's just all... Knowledge gained on what to and what not to do.
2: Yeah. Okay. I think. (laughs) Can you guys play another thing, please?
1: Sure. Play another thing. What thing are we playing? Always clueless. The little dial says we're doing always. clueless. The little dial. Oh, let me get my ears. From
0: what I understand.
3: Speed.
1: It was a little slower than usual. It's a little funkier though. <laughs> <laughs> <The>
2: funk's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you want. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all Cody ever wants. Just turn up the bass and play funky.
2: You should start a funk band. They did. I've yeah. There's so a <laughs> the cover <of> band <laughs> gone through a few
1: variations of a funk band, hmm. and I do want to do a full-on funk band. The cover band isn't a full-on funk band, but it's close. And then
2: <laughs> you'll get there. Yeah. It'll happen.
1: It's a life goal. Squad I goals. want to continue
2: this podcast, but two of the people yeah, who are being interviewed me now. have walked away. Base talk. <laughs> uh, we'll wait. You we can hold on. Oh, you're back. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm
0: just obsessive.
2: <laughs> it's fine. I did want to ask about uh, like what has changed for Bear Gatsby over the course of three albums? Like what your intentions are. For First the album
0: goal was uh, people know that you're a pianist since you were five, and you write songs, and you have nothing to show for it. Mm. So it was like you need to. You have these songs that you wrote six years ago. Either deliver them and move on. You know, or like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) You gotta make a choice. I I
2: have to record. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's, you know, I was like learning recording programs since I was like 17, just out of necessity, you know? And um, so first album was just about having something to be judged by Mm -hmm. so that I at least knew I was in the club of having something in the universe of released yeah. Some, felt,
2: something that you could, once you tell someone that you make music and they're, they're like, like oh, oh, what? oh, what? And, and you're like, here, look at it.
0: And that was, yeah, yeah, that was the conversation that murdered me when I like came back and you know, you like start band after band after band. I tend to like, uh, rely on other people too much in my brain and then let that stop me from doing a lot of work that I can just like, just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, It stopped me through, like, multiple incantations of bands. Is that the right word? Versions of bands? Whatever.
3: Incarnation. There you go. Incantations Incantations are are dope, too, though. Those are spells. I just,
0: incarnations, I think a carnation's, like, uh, hot chocolate and stuff. I just don't, I don't (laughs) buy it. Anyway, um... So, okay, and then second album, after first album, you, like, play some songs for people, you know that they're, like, kind of folky, sad, bright eyes, Sufjan, Elliot, mm, for the most part, and they're not so much some of the wolf parade inside of you, so you, like, know that dancing is a pretty important part to music for you for some reason. I don't know why it was important to me, but it is important to me that there's some sort of... Wanting to dance energy behind things even if I'm not making a dance tune, you know, so um, Because yeah, so I because I was really obsessed with always lyrical content And then I eventually got around to the concept of like Oh grooves Oh, like what if you you know move a certain way and then you make a groove that matches that and make a song out of how You want people to move or you know reverse engineer a rhythm or something like that So that's when we did the second album, which, you know, the thing about each album is no matter what Jeremy's generally trying to do, I'm always end up with like uh, a couple, like three songs that are just created while making the album that are just thrown in there just because like while you're recording things, it gets tiring drilling the same songs. You start making up a little new things. And then every time I make an album, it just ends up that there's like a couple things that slide in there that have been made way recently during that album, you know? so is
2: that a bad thing you're no, saying no, you're it's saying cool. that like, it it like... It
0: up. it's just interesting i i it's just because it was counter to my original idea okay. like i was going to be a factory and i was going to go through okay these first 20 songs you wrote when you're 17 release those next stage okay so the next album just do your age for 20 to 25 songs okay done next stage because i didn't want to just jump into something without showing some sort of context to quote unquote fans or listeners or people that want to hear it like some sort of show my progression on some level because it would be like stupid to just throw out songs just because they were old and just because they were not the greatest they could be because all the judgments based on those songs is really important kind of thing you're giving up lessons that you need to learn kind of thing
2: yeah So then you were surprised by the fact that like you were including these songs that were very new and not part of the original plan.
0: Yeah. And that ends up mixing up the pot and stuff. And that's kind of cool because it ended up also being very cathartic at certain moments in my life that like only thing that came out of me was something that was happening to me then, you know, and it made something good in a short amount of time. And that's cool. Yeah, I like that song. Um, But uh, (laughs) there's yeah. So the second album more. uh, That's why it stops being so sad. It's still sad <laughs> lyrically, but not sad energy wise in the songs because I needed to focus
1: on you know what I mean something more upbeat and the way each of those albums are constructed, they're constructed differently. The first one is just Jeremy locking himself in a room and producing yeah. an album for for his own sake. The second album is we'd already been playing together for over a year for sure and and, and, and we them. had tight grooves, yeah, so we did live track recording of tight the drums grooves. and groove Some bass. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> for the tight grooves and then <laughs> and then jeremy finished them off and then the third album jeremy constructed them in the box but also had us input on them so even that one feels different where without those songs weren't flushed out in band mode like the second album was it's sort of just what kind of magically may or may not have happened uh, in, yeah in tracking and
0: it was all because the second album came out a little like 15 percent more jammy than i wanted like I like it yeah it's a good it's fine (laughs) no they're all great it's just the fact that I wanted to be able to really spend time with you on certain sections of parts and really like hone in on like a fill or like, oh, what if we did something like this here, you know? But when we're all tracking together, it just becomes like, you know, we're just jamming yeah, out right. the song. And,
1: and that that is different in the way like the, the third album has parts that like bass parts that Jeremy was like, play this and play me. Yeah. Keyboard I want parts. to be more constructive right. in a
0: mastermind sense on something. And like. the
1: second album is basically just, these are the chords, we're going to jam it and it'll sound yeah. like it sounds. Mm.
0: And, like, really it was just a learning, because each album I knew I just needed to attack from a different way. It was like, oh, we did that one that way, Jeremy. That went that way. Okay, next one, we're doing it this way. And then it's like, oh, that went that way. And then the next, you know, because since I'm also recording it and we're also mixing, mastering it ourselves, there's, like, you're, you're the only thing learning. Yeah. <laughs> at every moment, what affects everything, you know? It's like, oh, guess what? That mic doesn't work on bass. Cool. <laughs> like, that's my lesson today. I don't know.
2: And so then, uh, like, well, what was it that motivated the, the most recent album? Because I also noticed that that one came out, like, the, the time spent between two. Six two months days. is, yeah. like, the release
0: time. Yeah. Yeah, I got to a moment that I was, like, going to just start doing an album every six months because I was, like, utterly, um, I don't know, frustrated. I, uh, It was, it's all emotionally driven. It's because I was kind of, I'm, I'm a pretty, yeah, I'm a pretty manic personality. And when like things happen in my life, I react in very, um.
2: Unconventional.
0: Yeah, hermit out kind of focus on things that, yeah, the unconventional ways. Yeah. Do
2: you want to speak to anything specifically that happened for uh, that? I, or is that not what you want to do? I just,
0: I just, uh, I just, uh, end up being very, um. The thing I love about Elliot Smith is that Elliot Smith writes four songs lyrically into one. That He talks about like what's going on with the government. And then he talks about his heroin addiction or meth addiction, whatever he's on that week. And then he talks about like his relationship with God or the absence of. Sure. And then he also talks about the girl that just broke his heart so that's what's important to me and sometimes those four things in my lyrics not that the girl breaking my heart the four different tracks you know the political the spiritual the emotional and trying to involve all of those things lyrically in each song is really challenging and not right. every song calls to have a, par- a parallel or parable to each one of those things you know, always but that so There's a moment in my, you know, and the same thing happens when I'm charged about one of those other topics, but that album specifically, yeah, things, I just, things get inflamed emotionally, and then I just create, and um, sometimes, uh, sometimes I I do that through like, you know, taking drugs in emotional, bad emotional states, and locking myself in rooms, and creating entire albums, Yeah.
2: I mean that's how a lot of art happens, but even if that's good or bad, is yeah. isn't really a, I, a judgment call for me to make.
0: I don't think that I don't think that the drug involvement really does anything. No, in not even the, in
2: necessarily that. I mean, just like getting to a state where you it's you create art in such a way that it it is in response to something intense like that can affect the way you even view your own art just because it changes what it means to you. So and I don't know what that means. On like a larger scale, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all just exercises and trauma yeah. or whatever.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, that's what trauma. art is. <laughs> would you say you approach like making songs differently because you also record them? Like, I would assume the way you even think about making a song is like a little it, more it, complicated because it, you have all this. It informs some you know.
0: decisions, but honestly, the thing that like just you know, you listen to like the great records of the last hundred years, and those <laughs> those inform you like how like you're like oh my goodness production can be like that like full fledged instrumental parts that are so you spend so much time and organizing everything and like sure be engineering and recording can inform some of those things more like oh the intro section oh and like the technical aspect can inform a artistic aspect in it. But it's a lot, like, as far as the creative side of things, all it's done is I just try to, we just try to make it sound as good as possible with as little money as possible Mm -hmm. and see how that goes always.
2: Okay.
3: It -hmm. always goes. It always goes. (laughs) We know that much. Yeah,
0: yeah. It happens. If yes. that answered your question, I don't know. I don't know. It answered it something. <laughs> yeah, that like right? it, it informs some of my <laughs> d- decisions, but it, it's not. Oh well, it did in EQs. It does in engineering, like. Uh, what is that? How, okay, so like, so when you're choosing that the bass doesn't have a bunch of like highs in its sound, just because they're not really needed always. Some of them are, but you know, you move a little slighty thing and cut some of them out. You know. And that allows for that guitar that so happened to frequency be kind of around that top end of that bass to live there better. But that guitar eventually on its high end is kind of at some point stepping on the vocal. So you like kind of carve out a little divot there where the vocal exists in its frequency range. And they all kind of stack each other puzzle piece-wise nicely. And you can do the same thing. That is not something I learned from engineering as much as I did in piano because you can play things directly Or you can play things crafted to be produced. You know what I mean? You can be like, oh, it's C, D, E, F. You're like, that doesn't sound like production at all. And then you use an inversion and it's like C, D, E, F. And then suddenly, just by switching notes around, you've got like a fullness, you know, Mm -hmm. and something going on there. And like the same thing goes with like taking out notes or I, yeah. So it's one of those things that coincidentally the piano is the the band leader production tool, you yeah. know? And in the engineering room, a lot of those frequency spectrum things are going on with the piano in a very literal sense. Cause okay. it's like low end, high end. Yeah. Don't play there. Cause yeah, the, the vocals the are there. The instrument itself is, is the EQ the spectrum thing, yeah. or whatever, the sound spectrum. So yeah, so it can kind of be that already. If that makes sense. Because when I was first starting, I used to like just play the chords, you know? And like when Cody would play with me, and like we'd just step on each other, jamming out into this garage. And I'd just be like, why can't I make my piano sound better, you know? Why do I sound like a nerd? <laughs> and it because I was a nerd, and that's great. But I needed to nerd out on some other aspects, such as voicings and inversions of chords. Yeah.
3: But I do think, I don't know if it was directly addressed, I do think, like, knowing the logistics of how to record things, or at least the thinking we do, um, it (laughs) it will definitely play some role in, like, how we record things. Because it's not like, like, if we think of something that we know we can't, like, physically do with the things that we have, then we'll just, like, figure out a way to do it with something that we can't do. And I'm sure you've seen it before when like bands will come in here and they have like six things and we need to just like kind of compromise, kind of just mic the shit out of everything. And I don't know. It's fun. It's all a learning
2: experience. Yeah. I guess I was wondering whether like that knowledge of like how what you have available to you for recording even affected like at the very like base level of making songs. Oh, of the songs. songwriting. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean. it sounds like it doesn't.
3: Not not as much, I guess. But or at least not conscious.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, like, it'll affect me, and, like, like everything's tied together, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that song's needs a way more subtle intro, and then it's like we construct dynamics differently. Oh, that instrument should even be in the intro. Cut it out. And, like, those are a lot of things that in the production room, period, you're learning and experiencing. And the more you make songs in general is the more you're learning those things, and those things are connected to that frequency spectrum nonsense that is kind of just engineering in general with sound. So. Yeah. It's all kind of loosely connected in a weird way. Well, even though they're directly connected. I'm going (laughs) to shut up.
2: (laughs) Can I also ask about um, how the collaboration with Toombe happened?
3: Oh, that was fun.
0: Uh, That was because they asked. (laughs) asked. They asked. They said that it would be really fun if I wrote a song with them. And they, of course, were referring to us as a band. But also it's really crazy because they're a band that everyone writes in that band. What you're hearing in Timbelevee is like
2: no, I, I, a concoction exactly, like,
0: the, like, truest between warcraft. them. Yeah, yeah. In a way that, yeah, I look at that and I'm like, don't believe it. Bye. Like, yeah,
2: when, <laughs> so, when I, that, I interviewed with them, I was surprised by like, how much everyone was like, cause a lot big of it part. It
0: would of, seem like, oh, there's just two people in this that are really doing something or writing something. But it's like, mm-hmm. nope. It turns out every single person is constructing that whole song together. And it's, it, yeah. So, Which is when,
2: why when I found out that... That we were, song was both yeah. this band and that band. I was like, "How did that yeah. work that, out?" And that happened? was a really
3: interesting songwriting session because we really only had like two or three actual days together entirely no to write no and time record to do it. This. We were
2: why because uh, it we was releasing a split. together.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a split <laughs> tape. This is a classic classic
3: DIY moment to
0: like,
1: <laughs> and there was already a performance date something. set. Yeah, there was. Yeah, we had a deadline. Yeah, yeah. we had a deadline, Deadlines. and
3: so like we got together. The first time we got together, everyone was just like sitting here. We had Super our things, kind of noodling. Everyone just stared at each other, and then I think it was Jeremy that finally was just like, oh, all, right, "All right, we're gonna <laughs> do this," and then just like started playing a note, and then like <laughs> that like shifted down to the minor, the three steps below it, and then that was like the beginning of a chord yeah. structure. I mean, and you, then
0: you hear in that song, Eli, he wrote those on his own. I wrote mine on my own. Lyrics you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even our parts, basically, because the part that he sings over, he constructed that day standing there. And the part I'm singing over, I constructed that day. So really, it was just kind of like, and then everything else about the jamness and the rhythm and all that was just people doing what they do. However, they do it. Yeah, I don't know.
3: It was really fun because, like, I we've all watched each other play many times before, and so like sure. I kind of have a gauge on like how Taylor plays drums, and so just like watching and like it, kind of like, it's, all right, I'm doing the right one, thing, I think, and then you just like play the opposite of that. It was literally like playing the second the take,
0: thing. if not the first take, and it's one of those moments that the first time they jammed it, there was no figuring out the drums because <laughs> they just played it, and it was that, you know. And um, the only—I mean—I think I was probably a little too policey at the beginning because I'm a little too—you know—I was just like, "How is? How are we going to? How
3: is?" Uh.
2: That's also why I was wondering how this. So works. I, I chilled the you. fuck out. And yeah, yeah you know, but
0: like a,
3: someone I'm had to mess, kick us yeah. all in the ass. But then you did chill the fuck out shortly after that. What? Someone had to like kickstart everything oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah. i got you
0: and like really the only thing i think i was like uh, i don't know um the only thing i can think of is watch out cody and julia for playing in the same range and that's all i could think of that i thought might be constructive but i don't even think if that was actually constructive because if they're just group groove- anyway point being is now i still question a lot of the things and i was like i don't know The so- song just happened and then like uh you know it happened over two or three days and eli sent me the lyrics he was making And then I, you know, we like kind of puzzle pieced our narrative together or whatever. Or maybe I just kind of helped inform. We were both going through a lot of the the same emotional things at the same time. So so I think we just psychically linked and then wrote a song together. No, (laughs) Um, But yeah, it really was recorded really fast.
1: And, um,
2: it sounds really good. And we've That's only surprising. played it
1: like once or something. Yeah, you know? we played it. A, it was a one I honestly have no idea what that song sounds like right yes. now. Like, you know, did you, we you go back and listen to it? I don't think we ever played it in the dog. We
0: played it twice, I think. Really? But, um. And I mean, there is a line, like I have a bad habit of lifting my own lines. And there's like a song I've never released from when I was 16 that it's like, you know, when you kiss me hard against your car or whatever, it is like one of those moments that like that is in there lyrically or something.
3: Something about a car.
0: Yeah, like next to the park, kiss me hard before we die or I don't know. But these like lyrics that that are, yeah, connected to that stuff. And I mean, I don't know everything about when we met Tim LeVay, we were playing in Hillary Chilton Chilton, Mm -hmm. and Um, as soon as we met them, it was like, yes. And like, the first thing I did was walk up to Eli and I was like, oh my God, you remind me so much of one of my favorite bands, Wolf Parade," And he's like, that is one of my favorite bands. (laughs) And then we just hugged. And that was the first time we met. And then I knew that with that, like we will are good. I don't know. I'm just assume that he's on my side no matter what.
1: Let's put it that way.
0: And it's just like as a band entity too, you know.
1: That's like they're they became s- our like sister, sister band. band. Yeah, they
0: are. They're a very friendly band. They're sister band to like us, Barote, Hillchill. Back in the day, like they they make friends and keep bumping.
1: They're just so
3: good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They have a.
2: I'm surprised that song came together in three days.
3: Well, it wasn't like. I'm- Three Like one, two, three It was like three days Over a period of like A couple weeks or something Still But still,
2: yeah Wild Can you guys play another thing? Please? (laughs) Please Play another thing What thing are we
1: playing?
0: Um, I didn't want to end on a slow song But we only have a slow and a fast one What song are we talking about? I think we're going to come home Because We need to end on a good energy Well,
1: we can also do polka dots Yes Yes. Oh, yeah We could also do polka dots I don't don't want to
0: do polka dots
1: Okay mallets
0: Say something. Everybody wants to succeed. Just don't you do it for me. Touchdown brush leaves from your hair as you said that you didn't care albatross is banned by air but he's still here. he should give it up but he's banished for life from the sky all i wanted was your love in my life And I just
1: Supposed oh, I don't
0: you come home
1: like you know you're supposed to.
3: Yeah, I was just making sure the kick drum wasn't
0: eating the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny. Me and Matt are just like, oh, recording, recording, recording. <laughs> yeah. so
3: that's all we can do. We <laughs> like, oh, we're supposed
0: to
2: perform a talk. Okay, uh, recording.
3: Hmm.
2: Don't worry. This is the easy part. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, what what is the best show you've ever played? And what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened at a show that you've played at? Mm-hmm. In this band or otherwise? <laughs>
0: I mean, in this band I have a I mean like I, I cross dress quite a bit and I tend to be wearing dresses when I perform, not that that's really something I like to focus on, but it happens. Um, but yeah, there's like one moment we were playing at the Five Star Bar and like this older gentleman, very large and very scraggly at the bar like stopped me while carrying my gear out from my performance or our performance and, like he's mm-hmm. like Australian, and he's like, excuse me, y'all struck me as a triad, he's like, mm. well, kids, what's going on, I'm just like holding weight, you fucking speakers, like, <laughs> he's like holding my hand from the bar, and I'm just like, uh, uh you're right, I'm, I don't, uh, like, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, and that, I mean, that's probably the uh, most awkward thing, I mean, that... other, other than just like relationship or like, you know, f- friends or ex-friends being up in your business at shows, which is just part of life. But that was like a
3: sincerely weird encounter. That show in general <laughs> was a sincerely weird show. We played at Five Star Bar with Weird with, Sex. Yeah, some random band called really Weird good. Sex. <laughs> All one word. They found us, I don't know how. It was just a drummer who had like 10 drums and like 15 cymbals. And he was also singing, and He's he was not singing. He was doing like super high as and screeching. I mean, I consider it. Singing. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. It was vocal, I guess. It, it, it as close as it got to singing. And then just a guy playing bass through like two pedals, three pedals, something like that. And they fucking ripped. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was definitely one of those bands that relied on a volume and presence. Then, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> beautiful melodies necessarily they're yeah.
2: here to give you a show yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever it's, that is yeah
1: i feel like one of our best shows was kind of early on at turn down for what oh that was good yeah um, really turned down good. for what's that, first year was first I, one or second one the first, first one, one i felt like that was when we really kind of unleashed ourselves upon well, that was was that our first show that was one that's of the really first shows. early because was, us the three of us the three of us
0: like that that might be the in the first five shows. I
1: felt like that was when we were, we all rocked out really hard at that show, and the energy of the audience, they were, like, right on top of us, and they yeah. were super into it, yeah. and there's I have good video footage of that. <laughs> Some of my favorite photos of me on the internet are from that show, oh. so.
3: My favorite photo of you is from uh, the show in Taylor's living room, where... Uh, you're like whipping your hair up, and Vanessa caught it. And like the lights are all <laughs> yeah, the lights was
0: that
1: are acoustic
0: show? Or yeah, yeah okay. But I don't think we played acoustic. No, we didn't. I think we still we made some kind of noise. Yeah, played loud. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the only time Marty played. I, I want to see that, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out, Marty. <laughs> Book us. <laughs> Book us. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's I, that's. I just remember he was there, and it's one of the only times oh, yeah. I was like, "Oh, you're here. Hi, Marty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did it meta through a podcast too
3: now. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that was a good show. That was fun, yeah. I like that show. I think Frisco Dykes played that show too. And. Tim Bay Well, yeah, of
2: course. We <laughs> <laughs> play every show. Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? All right. Uh... No,
3: never mind. I was trying to make. Never mind.
2: You can't do visual jokes yeah, on a podcast. I That's what
3: I was trying to what? reach you—just you people here, not the viewers at home, listeners. No viewers. See,
2: they—they they watch the bar go across. They,
3: yeah, true. You, your art just slowly moves from mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. to right, mm-hmm. just
0: like
2: a book. Viewers. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Yeah, thank thanks for you having for us. Doing this. Thanks for making the podcast. No, yeah, you you make the podcast. Technically.
0: You're just my boss.
2: <laughs> I'm not your boss. <laughs>
0: kind of, I'm a boss.
3: Yes, whatever you say, sir.
0: <laughs> Sorry, kind of, I just get perpetuated this it's relationship. It's a
2: collaboration. <laughs>
0: yeah, with my boss. <laughs> you know? Are you not allowed to collaborate uh, with your boss? What are you trying to say?
2: Uh, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? <laughs>
3: Uh, Bandcamp.
0: Bear
2: Bear SoundCloud. Uh,
1: SoundCloud, Bear
2: Gatsby. Forums
3: for like seaweed.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh. Um, I'm a big fan of Club Penguin, is where you can find me on the <laughs> internet lately. Did you
2: know they flipped the iceberg on Club Penguin? What? What? Yeah. What do you mean? They know. flipped the iceberg. The
3: I- like the iceberg? The iceberg, yeah. It's upside down now?
2: Yeah, they flipped it. They finally flipped it. Wow. Go Final. look up the video.
3: No, <laughs> I don't want to believe. <laughs> the other no side—you want what to know what's the other about.
2: side of the iceberg?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a big middle finger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's a—it's a dance party. It's a club. Oh,
3: that's why they do that.
2: Anyway, yeah. there's some end of club penguin knowledge for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, uh, Bandcamp, right? That you said it. Yeah, we do have band Bear Gatsby. Dot. It's just Gatsby. Gatsby. One word. Okay. I Bird think Gatsby. is usually how you yeah.
0: find
3: it. Yeah, I think you snagged that username early on enough that like every website is probably just that. Bear Gatsby. Yeah, not like underscore California. Bear Gatsby, California, California. (laughs) The greatest 100.
2: Yeah, good.
3: U.S. number one.
0: 2006, Bear Gatsby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Can you guys close us out? No. One more song. Of
1: course. Uno mas.
3: Don't tell me.
0: Yes, I keep on forgetting how to play my own songs, which is a horrible thing when you're a musician.
1: It happens.
2: <sighs> There's worse things.
0: Um, I don't think that's a valid argument in it's like a, it's ethics logic. Clause, like what but. if
2: you like broke <laughs> all your instruments?
0: You're right. You're right. You know, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're definitely right. So I, <laughs> I appreciate your candy.
3: Cand- Some sound direction too. as always, boss. Yeah, <laughs> sound here. No. Good leadership. No. Laying it down. I appreciate. Oh, captain, my captain. <laughs>
0: to run out
1: so may
0: only worth it cause it's so damn old and when we'll the end up thick of it remember life is good cause you feel like oh the point of luck is to run out so maybe babe. To run out, so maybe, baby, you should die. I fucked up the end there. Really? <laughs> That's how I like them. Fucked up. Hey, Oprah.
2: What's that song?
0: Don't tell me it's the second.
2: I like that one. We
0: usually
3: play it first.
0: <laughs> Coincidentally. <laughs> not second.
2: Mm.
0: It's I like about that one. the second of every month.
2: No, oh. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's when rents do. <laughs> great, great, <laughs> you nice, it. Jesus,
3: nice, man Let's
2: stop so Hannah doesn't leave
1: his tail. Light. Oh, we're
2: done. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Living Room. This week, our guest was Bear Gatsby, and their music can be found online at beargatsby.bandcamp.com. The Living Room was created by Lucas Cathy and Karina Taylor, recorded by Matt Sergers and Jeremy Scott at the Palisades, and produced by Hannah Mraz. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you happen to use. If you have questions or would like to chat with us, email li- livingroompodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Special thanks goes to the residents of the Palisades for dealing with our noise. And of course, thank you for listening.